I'm not sure that I'm ready. What? I'm, I'm not sure that I'm ready. I don't. What? What? Feel... What do you have to do to get I ready? No, I, I, I was kind of, you kind of said, okay, let's go, and I'm like, wait, well, I'm, but, aren't well, I usually the one that does that? Well, but we're right in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. You're afraid that I'm going to lose the juice. Oh, that's right, the juice. It's 8:33 a.m. Saturday, October the 31st, 2020. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane show. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I felt a little, like a little extra moaning and groaning at the end <laughs> might be in keeping with the, with the theme. <laughs> with the theme. Boo, everybody, boo. <laughs> I'm scary. Back away, back away from me. I'm scary. Run. <laughs> it's a lovely Saturday morning here in the treehouse. and It's uh, kind of looking around at the things, the items, the detritus. The detritus? <laughs> detritus of what? The wreckage of the... <laughs> I guess I should look at the world outside of my head, you know, instead. It's a lovely morning. It's it a is lovely a lovely morning. morning. The weather is non-committal. The weather is somewhere in the middle. Somewhere between light and dark and damp and dry and, you know, <laughs> cold and warm. And got a cup of gel. Got my bestie here. Yay. Things are about to get, you know, spooky. It has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, though, Diane. Has it not, as usual? It's been a really hectic week this week. What? Even the though I was heck? on vacation. What the heck's been going on? What happened? Well. What happened? We. Monday well, was my birthday. Well, yes, there was that. Yes. Which, in itself, was not. You know, that was not our Excuse main. Excuse me. Well, it was not our main celebratory day. Right. That was never intended. Oh. The actual day was never mm. intended to be the celebratory day. I see. It was the day after. The day after. Because yeah, yeah. the day after was a Tuesday. Right. And in our household, in the treehouse, Tuesdays are sacros. Sac- no, not no. no sacred. Sacred. Yeah. No, no, not sacred. Tuesdays uh, are definitely uh, a spirited day in keeping with the theme. Uh, the week does tend to revolve around Tuesday for me. I don't know if it does as much for you. As oh, it does definitely for me. For but, me. You know. And I like having a week that structures itself that way. You know, because you know how I like to have a schedule. Well, it definitely provides a schedule, that's for certain. Yeah. So. And Tuesday, it was a special concert with Kat Eggleston. Right. And that was just, I don't know. It yeah, just, it was good. It was overcoming me with emotion how how joyous I felt about that. Yeah. Because if anybody saw the little video, the handmade. The hand invitation? The hand invitation. Yes. Uh, I've been celebrating my birthdays with Kat for a long time, especially now that she's back in the Seattle area after having been uh, in Chicago. In Chicago. 
And that was one of my favorite things about her being back is that we would celebrate my birthday with her. And then when I got together with you, then we started doing the uh, joint concert celebrations, which I absolutely loved. So it made me feel so fantastic that we still were able to do that, even during this time of social distancing, that I still had the feeling of being with Kat on my birthday uh, I a bunch of other friends there too. A bunch of other friends. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so wonderful that all these friends from all over, Kendra Schenk Kendra in New, New York, York yeah. and um, all these people. Katrina in Pennsylvania. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to one of my other close friends, Julie, last night. She had called me about, because she had <coughs> asked whether we could have just sort of a birthday conversation and and uh, I was telling her about this because she is not really on Facebook. Right. She doesn't really use Facebook. So <clears throat> she, she was asking me how it all proceeded. And, and I told her about how people make comments. And, and uh, I told her that there's a group of people who come every week. And that it has become quite the, the thing for us because it feels like a party. I think that the spirit of the event is always what makes it the party. It's not just the mere physicality, which is important, absolutely. I'm not not saying, well, we don't care about that anymore. But if you can't do that, yeah. the, just having the spirited comments from people, it makes it feel like a, a bash, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I equate it with this, Diane. It's a big concept, so stay with me, okay? Um, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. It's like we were talking the other day about how, as older people, yeah, we've had to change our diets. We've had to cut out all the supercharged flavors from our lives. And when we, once we have removed those, and you've lived without those supercharged flavors for a, lot, your, a while in your life, your palate becomes more sensitized, and the subtler things come through, and, and, and you, you feel like you taste things better than you did before, and things like that. What? <laughs> Doing a concert in front of real people is, is the supercharged thing. But if, you take a, if that gets taken away from, for whatever reason, and you're left with something that is... That is distinctly and and virtually less of an experience you 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 adjust to it you you become sensitized to it and it becomes a larger thing and it starts to taste like more of a thing than it than you might have once thought it was Diane applauds Bill's brilliant thesis here in the th- <laughs> lecture <laughs> you may return to your seats <laughs> Feel free to move about the cabin. But I just had a fantastic time that night. I couldn't keep up with the comments. That was the one thing. Well, there was a lot of people there that were there to see Kat that weren't normal, you know. Right. We had about twice the number of people, right, that we usually have? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more than, because there's an average about 30 to 35. So, yeah, it's about half, again, as much. Because there was... uh, about 70 people were there. Right. And, man, that was just a treat. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And I was so... I just so love the fact that 
that there is a poetry break even when you have a, another person on with you. Because the poems that Kat shared yeah, man. were so powerful to me, and especially that she had a, a poem that was written by John. Yeah. And I was so thrilled about that, not only because it was a wonderful poem, and she read it beautifully because of the way that she did the Scottish burr right. of uh, the sound, but also just because it was like all the family was represented. Yep. Because the poems that I had requested you read, the reason why I wanted them read was because they have a long-term uh, history significance yeah. in my life. Uh, the the poem that first had me fascinated by poetry ever was the one that children's hour the children's hour that my dad read to me every night when he was rubbing my back and putting me to bed as a child and um and then the stages was something that had representation of my brother's influence in my life because mm-hmm. of he he was the one who first got me involved in Herman Hesse um so to have all the, it was like a family night in yep. all ways, and family was there, and it was just marvelous. Yeah. But the other thing that I've been, that had made my uh, week very active, even though I was on vacation, I was on vacation from Monday through Wednesday, was that I was part of a Halloween planning committee for for my work group for the whole group, because we have our human resources area, but then there's a grants group too. So there's about, uh, think about 23 people all told. Mm -hmm. And we decided to do something anyway, uh, despite the, because we always had a big Halloween thing where we decorate our work areas and have contests and fun and potlucks and stuff. But we said, let's do something. And the planning committee that I had was an, two other women, and they were so creative in the way. We all created this really fun thing. And one of the, the ideas that, that Juliana had come up with was having the scavenger hunt for various items. And we, uh, we found a scavenger hunt online that was, uh, that was perfect for Halloween. And so on Thursday, a Wednesday and Thursday, I was going around and trying to find all these items. And it was a blast. It was <sighs> such, because a lot of the items I didn't have around as a, as a Halloween display item, right. like a bat. Yeah. But then I thought, wait a minute, Bill's baseball bat. That's a bat, you know, um, and just the the creative things that I came up with. I I think there were only three items on the list I was unable to find. That was a zombie, a mummy, and one other thing. I can't remember the other thing. Oh, a Halloween wreath. I was thinking that for a mummy, you could have taken a picture of a potato. A mummy potato. Uh-huh. A potato. I did not know that. I was thinking about taking a picture of my mom, but I thought, well, but I never right. called her mummy. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or a burrito. <laughs> a burrito could be considered a mummy. But we have no burritos in the house. Yes, we have no burritos. <laughs> we have no burritos today. Sorry. My favorite find 
was the Frankenstein. Oh, but, but the funny thing is that your yeah, dad yeah. had painted a, a Frankenstein bird. Frankenbird. Frankenbird. But, but before you thought of that, um, I, I love this, this object that you were. This little sculpture that my stepdad, Dick Strip, gave me years ago, made for me when I was doing radio. It's this stylized uh, microphone, one of those kind of silver microphones, the crooner microphone. It's a version of that, but it's also a broadcast microphone of a type. And he had turned it into a, he had anthropomorphized it. It's got a nose on it and a mouth open, kind of funny, with big teeth. And uh, hands, arms, little skinny arms that kind of are reaching for you with claw-like hands and uh, has a little... Has a little name tag on the shirt says Bill. Stop also that. has sort of a tropical uh, yeah, like a Hawaiian shirt, shirt on for the Lakeside Lounge, I right. think. Right. But anyway, I use that as my Frankenstein too because I thought that that was you know a creation right. that was not human exactly something, something that was dead making it alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a blast with that, and I was thinking. I was thinking how much play has a part in my life, and I think that a lot of it came from having a playful family, particularly my dad, mm-hmm. who was an incredibly playful guy. Like one time he gave me, for my birthday, he sent me a puzzle that was all broken up, and I had to piece it together to, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't for my birthday, it was for a thank you note for something that I had done at Christmas, that was creative and silly and funny. Was that, that the Kanaka bra with the, the Kanaka bra with the uh, Felix the cat yes, on it yeah. because he had had a dream when he was young about when he was under anesthesia. He had a dream that he was Felix the cat walking on Kanaka bra, oh. which is uh, a Swedish rye bread. And so I, I found this little figurine of Felix. Uh, sort of like a bendable figurine and I put it on a a round of Kanaka broad and wrapped it it almost looked like a Chinese hat uh, you know like one of those uh, bamboo hats that uh, guard people from the sun and he was looking at it all night long just like what is that but he didn't want to open it because it just made it more delicious not to yeah. <laughs> and so he finally opened it and so when he when he sent he sent me the thank you note on a puzzle that he had broken apart and I had to put it together again to read what he wrote and it was all about the secret agent Felix and you know how how it was just all was written. it something that he had hand lettered on yeah on he had like hand... blank puzzle pieces or yeah something? Oh, okay because you can buy a composer yeah. puzzle, and he had done this, and I had just, it was so fun. And I was thinking I got so addicted to my family's fun. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I did lots of stuff when we were kids, and uh, I just, I used to, we used to read plays together and uh, read the, and record them and laugh, and I just got so addicted to fun, so I was you know, I was tailor-made to be your wife, is basically what I think. Damn. <laughs> Did I get lucky or what? <laughs> Over here. Jeez. 
And I was saying, you know, my dad was the playful, silly guy. Yeah, my dad was playful, silly too. I mean, he used to get down on the floor and play, you know, all kinds of stuff with us. It was a, it was a nice kind of crucible, as Kat said the other night, of creativity and kind of freedom of uh, play. Well, I've... Play is a very freeing thing, I think, you know. Yeah. To live a, a life wherein you can be playful every day is, is not a bad life, I would say. Well, that's why I think that I kind of feel that way about the show is just a, a form of play to me. And, yeah. you know, yeah. the all the things that we do are just... I get to play with somebody and I, I just feel so happy that I finally found somebody who likes to do that kind of thing. But I was telling Bill this morning that my, my mom, I don't think would have been naturally playful, but she was the delighted audience of everything my dad and the things that we would do. She was such, you know, when you say that I'm one of the best audience members in the world, yeah, you I thank can, her. I can see where that, that, that's, that's where that came from. Yeah, because yeah, I think you saw that even when we would come down, that she was just so delighted, yep. such a delighted uh, receiver of all the stuff that we would do. Yeah. Pretty cool, Bill. Pretty darn spanky. Well, I wanted Pretty to... Pretty darn nifty. To... Wait a minute. Oh, go ahead. Well, maybe I didn't have anything happen. <laughs> well, I wanted to... I, I just wanted to briefly touch on the on the editing of the video oh, of Tuesday's yeah. concert because that took pretty much all of Wednesday for me. Yeah, that was, speaking of Well, I mean, it wasn't so much week. it wasn't, I mean, it was laborious, but it was, you know, it was also I knew I had, it was one of those things where you knew going in that you were going to be able to find what you were looking for. You knew it was there, you know. For me, it was just making sense of the I don't know how long our technical difficulties lasted in real time. I think probably around 15 minutes. Really? Well, it 10, seemed, 10 minutes. It seemed 10 longer at the time. I'll yeah. But, you know, and then because I didn't want to leave that out of the of the video because there was some funny moments in there, I thought. There were some funny moments. So I thought, well, let's just find the funny. And uh, You did an, an incredible kind of job well, of doing was, that. Like I say, it was easy. I kind of had, you know, you watch it all the way through once and you can pretty much pick out what you want to keep. And so it was just a matter of, doing a bunch of crossfades and, you know, let, allowing that to be okay. It's not an unbroken uh, uh, recording of the live show, but once the show gets going, it is. And uh, so it wasn't that hard. And Cat was so good. Cat was so good. That's a, That's just a... That's Both a, of you were well, it's so like good. A, watching her is like a master class in five or six different things, I think. Anyway, I was it was thrilling, thrilling to be a part of, and I'm hoping to do it again. Yeah. Well, as I said, I think that having the Zoom concerts with another person every now and then is so great because all of the musicians who are doing this on their own, they're, uh, many of them are really good, mm -hmm. just as you are, uh, at doing it on their own. But I think that there's an extra uh, sense of companionship that comes across from the Zoom concerts with another person. And 
also something that uh, that we don't think about as much but i uh, noticed in the comments for people who are living on their own right now the conversation is as important as the music yeah. uh, to just hear people talking to each other and um and certainly even bill woolham uh, who writes about the concerts in his three beautiful things every week uh he was talking about how wonderful it was just to listen to the shared admiration of of both you and Kat. And I think that that is something that is needed in this world right now, too, is to hear people who truly appreciate each other talk about each other in glowing ways and and just share laughter and, and wonderful conversation with each other. So I think it will... And that's one of the things I always loved when you played music with other people sharing the stage at the CMP is just hearing your interchange and enjoying the energy bouncing off one another. And and it's always a different chemistry with whatever person you've got on with you. But you and Kat have a very similar um, similar music in that you you both have funny songs and songs that are so deeply revelatory about about human emotion and of whatever nature and and so it's a particularly nice blend of energies i think yeah okay 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 well this morning yes i always think of this particular piece of music on halloween because it's one of my favorite pieces of music ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, it is Danse Macabre by Camille Sanson. 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 Every time you say it, you feel like you're saying it wrong. Even when you say it right. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not sure I'm saying it right. right. Exactly. <laughs> that's the nobody's, closest nobody's I can Nobody's ever sure that they're saying it right. But that's okay. And I was telling Bill that one of the things I've loved about doing our show in the morning is for some reason, look at when I'm thinking about a piece of music, I actually will look up information about it yeah. in a way that I never have. Throughout my whole life, I have never looked up anything about this yeah. particular piece. But I looked it up this morning. And first of all, it is a tone poem, which I was thinking, tone poem? I... I've never even heard, I've heard the term. I've heard the term, poem. but I never, I never thought to look up what the heck it means. Yeah, and it's the definition is a piece of orchestral music, typically in one movement, on a descriptive or rhapsodic theme. Yeah. And I thought that is so cool. So it's basically just a poem in music rather yeah. than in in words. Yeah. So, um, so it says. In the information that I came up with. When you looked up what? When you looked up Dance Macabre? Yeah. I actually looked up this piece. Right. In Wikipedia. In Wikipedia. Yes. In, it started out in 1872 as an art song for voice and piano with a French text by the poet Henri Cazalis, which is based on an old French superstition. And uh, then he, in 1874... Sanson expanded and reworked the piece into a tone poem, replacing the vocal line with a solo violin part. 
But uh, the thing that I found so fascinating, because I always think about this on on Halloween, I did not know that it was actually a Halloween piece. I I just always thought about it because it sounds kind of spooky, yeah. you know. But it is a Halloween piece because the superstition that he was writing about, and this is quoted, according to legend, death appears at midnight every year on Halloween. Death calls forth the dead from their graves to dance for him while he plays his fiddle, here represented by the solo violin. His skeletons dance for him until the rooster crows at dawn when they must return to their graves until the next year. And I just thought it was so amazing. Um, Even the the rest of the stuff, the musical stuff, it says, the solo violin enters playing the tritone, which is known as the diabolus in musica, the devil in music during the medieval and baroque eras which i had never it says it's an example of the scordatura tuning the violinist e string has actually been turned down to an e flat to create the dissonant tone and i never knew any of this stuff and i just thought wow and so it it has all this various stuff and it says um, that there are direct quotes in the music from a Gregorian chant from the Requiem that is melodically related to the work's second theme, and oh. and it has all these various uh, things that he's bringing in yeah. from other uh, other pieces of music that would have meaning for people from the past that may not as much for us. Wow, so, Easter eggs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it did say, the one thing that I just knew intuitively, it said that the piece makes particular use of the xylophone to imitate the sounds of rattling bones. And um, I just thought that was amazing. It says, the progression and melody of the minor waltz are similar to the jibes. Example, their sweethearts are all dead from the sailor's chorus in Helmsman Steersman Leave Your Watch. So That's the name of another song? Yeah, which begins the third act of Wagner's earlier opera, The Flying Dutchman. Wow. So it's got all these, as you say, Easter eggs in it. Yeah. I never would have known had I not researched this music and I would not have even known why I always think of it on Halloween. Unbelievable! So, I mean, I don't think that that was an intuition. I'm sure that I heard this right. piece on Halloween yeah. from somebody who was in, in the know about all this or, stuff. And or maybe just on whatever your classical radio station was. Or, exactly, know, that I'd always hear it around this time. Yeah. But, kind of like a Christmas carol or something. But I just love this piece of music. Always have. Um, I was telling Bill this morning, I'm a great fan of Saint-Saëns. He has written one of my favorite pieces of uh, uh, the organ symphony. Right. Did we is... go to Benaroya Hall and see that? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It was the On debut. the pipe organ, man. It was man. the debut of their new pipe organ, right? It was, that was a memorable night for me. Yeah. I was, I was literally in tears over that one to hear that in person on the pipe organ. Although it always makes me cry. You know, <laughs> if I had not married Diane, I never would have gotten this kind of culture. <laughs> In my life. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. You know, 
I'd still be standing on the street corner <laughs> flipping a coin. You boy. Saying, hey, hey, Freely. It's good coffee. Come over here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, kudos <laughs> and all that. 